Thank you for listening to Pow Block Podcast, the flagship Nintendo podcast of Boss Rush Network. Do you need even more gaming and entertainment in your life? Head over to BossRush.net where you can find news, reviews, creators, podcasts, and more focused around the content you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nintendo Power Block, episode 259. I am not Edward Varnell. I am your substitute host, Corey Derrigan, alongside me, as always, is the gallivanting Galatrad himself, <laughs> Jacob Taylor. What's going on, everybody? I've given up on the thing. I, I no, you I just you just need anymore. to re, you just need to rework it, Jacob. You just need, I need to, somebody. I need somebody even to remind me. <laughs> so, like on Sunday night, if I just send you a text and be like, "Hey, are you ready for tomorrow?" Yeah, and you'll that'll, be like, that'll work. You'll be like, you'll, you'll be like, yeah, or no, thanks for reminding me. Yep. We'll get to Monday yep. night, and you'll be like, I'm giving up. <laughs> I'm giving up on everything. Also, joining us is the, what is it, gallivanting? No, that's oh, wrong. That's, me. that's you. The devastating, de- devastating, Dungeoneer. Dungeoneer, David Lasby. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Sometimes, hey, everybody. Sometimes I just tune out when Ed's giving everybody nicknames. <laughs> I'm just kind of. You know, try to make sure everything's running smoothly. Also, special guest tonight. Let's see. Hmm. What what kind of nickname do we give you? Still, still saying Shane. That that's your Twitter handle, though. It's not really a yeah. The most positive, <laughs> the most positive person on the internet. It's true. Hey, that's right. Yes. Writer for another Zelda podcast. Is I am a writer a and, and few podcasts under my belt with them. So. Yes. But it's another Zelda podcast, not another, another Zelda. Zelda podcast. Another Zelda podcast? Yeah. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. Hi, Shane. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. This is, I think, the first time I actually spoke to you. Yeah. Uh, it's, on camera. It is. So. It is. This is. This is nice. This is nice. Yes, it is. Uh, I agree. I Ed, concur. Ed is, I don't know, probably in the drive-thru of some fast food Training his ironclad stomach somewhere. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, he's, he's trying different Kit Kats and stuff. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> true too. How's everyone doing tonight? Everybody good? Everybody uh, have a good weekend? Everybody staying safe? Staying uh, gaming? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. A pretty good weekend. Nice. I had I had an awesome weekend, but I am it's not Nintendo, but I'm so excited for Aliens Fire Team Elite to come out tonight. I, I right at nine a, nine p.m. Pacific, I'm going to be hopping on my Xbox. And right. that, so. <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you, but on the Destiny side because the new season of uh, Destiny starts tomorrow. So it's like in in the big Witch Queen reveal is tomorrow, and they released a oh, big, yeah, yeah. released a big trailer today, or not a big trailer, but like a 10 second teaser today. Okay. By, by the time this episode comes out on podcast feeds, it'll already have happened. It's it's wild. They showed Savathun for the first <laughs> time, like really showed her. So yeah, uh, well, I I want to come on Destiny podcast at some point in time because okay. I don't know if you know this, Corey, but I put in like almost two thousand hours into Destiny one, but I have I barely skimmed Destiny two. What? Yeah. Well, are you, so, what are you playing on? I I play now on a on a PC. The reason that I haven't really touched it is because I was playing on Xbox, 
but then I I got rid of my Xbox, um, mm. and I started playing on PC. And they're always they've been for like the past two years. They've been like we're crossplay is coming. Crossplay good, is coming. Good good news for you, Jacob. <laughs> crossplay is coming tomorrow. Uh, is it really? Yes. Finally. All right. Well, then we need to play some. Yes. This yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love I love Destiny. I'm a big I'm a big looter shooter fan, and that that spoke Titans all the way. Yes. Yes. Titan Master Race. Yes, Titan Master Race. The Sun Hammer. I don't yes. even know if that's a thing anymore, it but is. I love chunking that thing around. It is. That was the only good thing about Destiny 2. There's also Welcome a, to the Destiny podcast. There's also a siege <laughs> there's also a siege hammer and it's real big two handed now, and you can just kinda like stomp people with it. Oh, and there's a Captain America shield now. Jacob, you're missing out. Oh my god, I am. I oh. my my favorite thing to do is shoulder charge people mm, in PvP. Yes, so. yes. I am a big fan of the shoulder charge and the shotgun slide. Everything else, I just, you know, not. So, yeah. Hmm. Eventually, I need to come on Tower Casuals. But yes. We'll yes. Yes. Also, there's new powers since you last. Oh, stasis. <laughs> you can freeze people, which is giving people a lot of hate in PvP. It's fine. Anyways, Tower Casuals, <laughs> Thursday nights, Friday mornings, wherever you listen. I don't know. Anyways, this is Nintendo Power Block. <laughs> That's the, definitely not on Nintendo. Oh. Uh, Man, that was funny. Side tangent to bring Nintendo yep. back around and Destiny. They asked Luke Smith if Destiny 2 would ever come to Switch, and he's like, no. <laughs> just, just straight up said no. Uh, well, we like to start this show with a little segment called Snack Tendo. We talk about what we snacked on, what what good eats we had. You know what, Shane, you're the guest. We're going your way first. All right. Um, we'll start at Saturday because I, I've, I've had a lot of various foods. So it might take a little bit. But uh, we had a wedding on Saturday, but we did eat lunch. So we kind of like between the uh, wedding and the um, free drinks, we went and got some appetizers. I had some like uh, salmon dip. It had like green onions, red peppers, garlic in it mm. on top of pita chips that were like freshly made. Mm. It was delicious. Um, I had like um, uh, fish tacos and I split those with my wife. Um, and then besides the, the normal wedding food that you normally would have, um, I'm the kind of guy that likes to get wintergreen lifesavers and put them in my pocket and then hand them out to everybody mm. so i do that at pretty much every wedding so <laughs> can't have too many of those um and sunday so sunday was my birthday so my mother-in-law brought us out for uh, like a buffet breakfast it was delicious i've mm. uh, never been to this place before it's uh, in two rivers wisconsin so very good it's just like a little diner um and then my wife made um this Chinese honey sesame chicken, homemade, uh, with some white rice, and then she made some beans and mushrooms. Um, absolutely delicious. Um, and then, of course, I had my DQ ice cream, ice cream cake. Mm. You got uh, the crunchies? Got those chocolate fudge crunchies in there? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Still tastes the same, and still is good. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, I did have some... Uh, of that Duncan uh, Thin Mints Girl Scout cookie, coffee, iced coffee, hmm. pretty good. Um, and then tonight, I, I posted the pictures like right before this. Uh, my wife made this like 
It's a Disney artisan grilled cheese. Um, mm. With okay, so I had to buy provolone cheese, uh, sharp cheddar, this like garlic and herb cheese spread, mm. uh, cream cheese, um, cayenne pepper, um, and what else was on there? Uh, just a ton of stuff. You'll have to look at the picture, but she grilled it. It's like huge. And then she made homemade tomato soup. Mm. And it was awesome. Mm. So, uh, I couldn't even finish like my whole sandwich. I saved it for lunch tomorrow. So at least I can enjoy my lunch tomorrow at work. So nice. Nice. That's nothing, nothing beats a good grilled cheese and tomato soup. You know, I know. Mm-hmm. You know? Just get the, get that good dunk in there. Mm. 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 Also, by the way, fun fact: if you grill a grilled cheese sandwich to- bread with mayonnaise instead of butter, that's what you put on your mayo. Sir. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's really good. Sounds weird, but it's good. She didn't tell me it was on there. I just ate it, and I'm like, yeah, tastes pretty good. So. Yeah. Mm. David, what did you snack on this weekend? So I got these, uh, I don't know if you remember when you were a kid, they were like the pretzels and fake cheese little dip things that came in those packages. Mm-hmm. So They're still uh, around. My kid eats them. Yeah, okay, okay. But like, uh, so that means you eat them too then, right? Yeah. Um, but Sabra Hummus has these dippable things as well, but they're cinnamon sugar sticks with chocolate hummus. And I just got them for my kids as a snack and then I've eaten through like most of them because they're just so good. And then I've been having that with like a cup of coffee. And so it's like the cinnamon sugar and chocolate dip and then coffee. And it's been uh, it's been my favorite snack tendo this week for sure. Nice. Nice. Chocolate hummus. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's so good. It's really good. Hmm. Sounds sounds kind of. Like I should gotta give it a try. That. One of those trick you foods you want to eat that just mm-hmm. it tricks you, it tricks your mind. It does. You gotta do it. Look, I'm a big fan of chocolate, so <laughs> Jacob, what did you snack on this weekend? Uh so David, you'll be you'll be glad to know that I'm officially one week without any any meat at all. Any meat or wow. like I'm fully, fully oh. Uh, vegan. I do have plans to have a pizza this Friday, but it won't have meat on it. It'll just have regular cheese because they don't have vegan awesome. cheese at all. So that'll be, but that'll be it. Uh, but with that, I made. Um, I've been like really into meal prepping lately because I'm super lazy. If you don't know anything about me, and I don't like cooking. Uh, well, I like cooking, but I don't like cooking every night. So I've been into meal prepping lately, and I just made tonight um, four batches of just rice. And uh, I had some Beyond Meat that was going to expire soon, so I threw that in there and curry. But I didn't have enough almond milk or coconut milk, and I was like, oh, oh that's. So it's it's really just like kind of curry flavored Beyond Meat. <laughs> And no like no like sauce or anything with rice, but it's good. It was it was really good. And then um uh other than that, I don't I haven't really been snacking a whole lot. So that sounds yeah. good, Jacob. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. One one week I've, I'm starting. That's awesome. Nice. Nice. Uh for me, I I haven't really been like really trying to snack on anything. It's just been kind of uh kind of boring food i had some had some ice cream this weekend but that was kind of it it was chocolate ice cream with with brownie and fudge chunks in it though so i mean just kind of went 
all overboard there. But other than that, I've been trying to like save my snacks for the weekend and usually just like once a weekend, you know, just because like trying to be smaller, we'll say. And uh, it's working not as fast as I want it to, but it rarely does. But um, but yeah, man, let me tell you, chocolate ice cream with some fudge and some brownies in it. I'm all about it. It's very delicious. So uh, I don't have any food reviews, though. Sorry, Ed. Sorry. <laughs> Ed, you have to bring two next week because you missed this week. So two food reviews. You're I'm welcome. I'm sure he's already ahead. Homework, mm-hmm. I know. I'm sure you have. I'm sure he's in the. I don't. I don't know. This is why the McDonald's ice cream machine is always broken. Ed just asks for too much. I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, that's kind of that's been our snack tendo. Kind of a shorter segment this week. Usually, uh, it's a little bit longer. It's okay. It's okay. Ed segments. carries. Yeah, Ed carries the snack tendo. Let's be. Let's be honest. Shane actually carried it this week because he had a lot of good snacks. Because it's Ed. his birthday. Shane, you always have good food. I know. Yeah. I- like I said, if I know I'm going to be on the podcast, usually I try to at least get something, you know, yeah. well, ready for it. I mean, um, your birthday, week, your hey, birthday Dad, weekend too is. Usually, yeah, that that always helps. That's a yeah. yeah, that's a good time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's time for Game Fact Advance. I don't know how does how does that usually say it? I God, I I should pay attention more when it's speaks. <laughs> <laughs> Game Fact Advance, yes. Uh, that was a really terrible Ed impression. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was really bad. Uh, Jacob, you got this week's Game Fact Advance. I do have this week's Game Fact Advance. So as we all know, um, in Legend of Zelda, you can collect, um, usually after you defeat a boss, you get a heart container that increases your total life um, by one. You can also typically collect anywhere, collect anywhere between four to sometimes, I think in Twilight Princess it was five, maybe six, I don't remember the exact number, of heart pieces or pieces of heart. To also increase that number, typically the total that you end up on on most console versions of the game uh, is 20. However, there has been some differences in that, including one as low as eight. Um, Ooh. Usually uh, the handheld games, such as Link's Awakening and Oracle of Ages, you max out at 14 just due to the size of the screen. Mm-hmm. However... Uh, and I kind of want to know what y'all think of this. Maybe you know, but what is the lowest amount of heart total that you can end up with in a game? And the answer might surprise you. Can Wait. Uh, okay. So, what is what I is think, the maximum heart total that is the lowest amount? I think I know the answer to this, but uh, okay. I'll, go, I'll let someone else go. Can't you do a three heart run? Can you just like yes? Not- but like if you if you maxed out your heart health bar. What is the lowest amount that you can get? Oh, what's the, what I see game what you're has saying. the lowest. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Any guesses? Anybody? I have no idea. Typically, it's twenty to sixteen. Shane should know. So, You're a part of so another like podcast. I'm gonna say six. So, so okay. Well, the only thing I was wondering if you, what you mean by maxing it out, like, so you mean so, taking advantage of every heart possible? What's the lowest number of hearts you can end up with? Because otherwise. Every permanent heart possible, what is the lowest number of hearts that you can end up with? Ah, okay, because what was throwing me off here is the demon statue in Breath of the Wild that lets you give up a heart. And so I was wondering if it was some kind of trick there. Sure question? No, no. Yeah. That's I, a good gonna, one, though. I didn't think about uh, that. I'm going to guess. 
Oh, it's I've played every single Zelda game except for Swords Adventures, the original. I mm. I'm gonna guess twelve. Okay, so uh, Shane was the closest, but he did go over. David, unfortunately, you should have played Four Swords Adventures because oh. in Four Swords Adventure, you start with four heart pieces, and there is no way to permanently increase your heart, your life total in Four Swords Adventures. You can get items during each like mission to give okay. you like fake heart pieces, but they go away at the end of the mission. Mm. So it was literally the one that I hadn't played. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, four four. That's the that's the minimum amount. The highest amount is actually sixty in Hyrule Warriors for wow. uh, for the uh, the Wii U and Nintendo Switch. Mm. Oh, the definitive edition. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so interesting. I I man, I I just went out recently to my favorite retro shop, Gorilla Game, Pink Gorilla, and I was looking again for Four Swords Adventures, and it's just impossible to find. Shane, you were posting a picture of yours the other day, were you not? Yeah, so so I I was one of those people that downloaded the 25th anniversary one, not knowing that it was exclusive for six months, and then I guess there was another run like a year later for three days, like January 31st to February 2nd or something like that. Yep. So... Uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to have it, and I had played it a long time ago, and I didn't realize that I only had, like, three more levels and a, the boss to beat, so I just went and I just played it on vacation, and I beat it, and I'm like, well, I guess I crossed that off the list, so now I only have, uh, Zelda 2 and Majora's Mask to beat. I'm so jealous. Nintendo, if you're listening, give us everything on the eShop, you cowards. That's fair. Everything. You must spit Except, even Wand of Gamelon. Give us Wand of Gamelon. Yeah, they have to admit it exists first. So. <laughs> give us, give us, give us like a package. Anniversary. Those three games. Gosh. Give Speaking us, of, are we going through those in timeline? What the the, the CDI, CDI game? Oh, you got to. I mean, here's the thing though. They're not a part of the official timeline, and they're real. I've heard they're really hard to emulate. Like just be, I don't know why there's some kind of technological thing that just it's too advanced. Yeah, it's too advanced for today's systems. Yep, that's why Nintendo's not. <laughs> that was, yeah, back. so that, that was, was that was great, the Game, uh, pack, game pack Advance. Thank that you. That was a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. They should just package the CDI games with the really bad cartoon in, in one package and just let us have it. <laughs> they should they should remake them in Link's Awakening style. Oh gosh. That'd be hilariously I, awful. No, I I feel like the art style for the CDA, CDI games is what makes them like yeah, so, so great cool. and bad at the same time, though, right? <laughs> wow. Anyways, thanks for that game packed advance, Jacob. I enjoyed it. Heart yeah. heart pieces are. Uh, I gotta tell you, they're the first things I track down because, as much as I love Zelda, I suck at I suck at games in general. So. If, if I can boost my health, it's, uh, hmm. mm-hmm. it's the first thing I do. Anyways, it's time to time to move on to... Hold on, let me write down timestamp. Family news! Right, I, punched, <laughs> I punched the air. Yep. David, take it away. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Um... So our first story panel for today is that Hades is getting its very own Power A Switch controller. So this is from PJ O'Reilly at NintendoLife.com. 
quote, Supergiant Games superlative roguelike dungeon crawler Hades, which arrived on Switch in a stellar release back in December 2018, is getting its very own PowerA wireless controller. As reported by comicbook.com, and according to a recent tweet by Wario64, the slick red pad adorned with an image of Zagreus, I hope I'm saying that right, and various other symbols and icons from the game is now available to view on Amazon's website, although pre-orders have yet to go live. Officially licensed by Nintendo, Power A controllers do lack a few functions found on Nintendo's other pro controller, most notably rumble support and an NFC reader. Uh, apparently, the Hades Power A pad will officially release on September 17. So, for the panel, is Hades the greatest indie success story of the past five years? That's our first thing to consider. And then the second thing, what do you think of this Power A controller, and will you be getting one? Um, so, Shane, let's go ahead and start with you. Have you, have you played uh, Hades before, and what are your thoughts on that? I have not played Hades. I own it. Sitting behind me here. Um, I... Wanted to beat their other game, so I like finished Transistor maybe a couple of months ago. Just haven't played Hades yet, but um, it seems to be you know, pretty successful. Um, sold very well, but thinking of maybe another indie game that I think probably beats it, and it just made the cut. I think it came out in February 2016. Is Stardew Valley? Um, mm. I think that one has been more successful just because it's. Pretty much every platform, and you know, one guy's doing it, and he—I know he's making tons of cash and <laughs> yeah. tons of DLC for us for free. So that's a great—that's a great think, uh, catch. Yeah, that's probably one that's beaten it. So um, as for uh, controller, you know, it's great for collectors. Um, am I going to get one? Probably not. All right, Jacob. What about you? Um. I, I, so first off, I'm just shocked that Stardew Valley came out within five years ago. Like, that's kind of crazy to me. That feels like it's just been out for forever. Uh, yes, I do think Hades is super influential. I think that there are a bunch of indie games that are really influential, and I'm not entirely sure if I personally would put Hades up there with some of the other ones. Like, Celeste really spoke to me uh, personally. Uh, and I know it spoke to a whole lot of people as well. I think Celeste even got was in, on the nominations for Game of the Year. Yes, it was. Uh, well, so was Hades, though. So Hades was Hades, one of the yes. final five. Yep. Yes, yeah. Um, so, like, I know that there are some other indie games out there. The the interesting thing to me is that, so, like, my, my community, the Otter Kingdom, talked about this controller because we have a lot of big Hades fans in our in our community. And it's, was, it was kind of a 50-50 split of like it was like a must have absolutely going to buy there goes $40 versus well it's kind of lazy like a lot of people were kind of like uh, they feel like they could have done more like it just has Zagreus on it it's just kind of like all of it is that 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 single red color there's no like mm -hmm. different button types buff button colors and things like that and i kind of lean more towards that side of it for the controller although I don't know. I've never really, I've never really like the only custom controller that I have besides Zelda is uh, Monster Hunter, and that's super lazy. But like, I love Monster Hunter, so I could see the argument for people who love Hades. Well, you know, the thing that bothers me, I, you know, Power A is officially licensed by Nintendo to do these controllers, 
why no rumble feature or amiibo support like that is ridiculous to me and to and keep what it cheap, about is they probably yeah but you know what like then offer a range like offer a range of options on the controllers because they have a, a zelda one it's a white one with princess zelda on it that's yeah. just incredible with the uh the blood moon in the background and i, I wanted to get it but like I'm not going to get a controller that doesn't have Rumble or Amiibo support. Like, that's ridiculous to me. Especially in 2021. Yeah. They definitely should do a wired one, cheaper one, and then a wireless you yeah. know, with those totally. features. Yeah. Corey, you had some thoughts on this stuff. Uh, I mean, for me, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a growing up in the 90s and you get like parents or grandparents buying you third-party controllers that are like, <laughs> garbage but i refuse to buy anything that's not made by the first party whether it's like xbox or nintendo you know and like yeah these yeah. controllers are cool but like it doesn't it's it's not made by nintendo so i mean i'm i'm going for the expensive pro controllers i don't i don't care how pretty it is uh uh and in terms of the hades one like it looks like it looks cool but like you said it's missing features uh it's it's just it's neat, you know. These Power A controllers are really neat, but like, I want the I want the full experience, you know, and I want I want that Nintendo manufactured piece of hardware. I just I can't. I it's just this weird thing that's stuck in my head. It's like you can't buy third party controllers anymore, even if they're right, licensed. That's so relatable. Like I, growing up in the same yeah. era, and mm-hmm. like that is so. Every time I hear third party controller, my my skin crawls. Mm-hmm. Like I just get so irritated. Yeah, I I remember the the N sixty four, and they had like that uh, just the gray one that didn't have the handles. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it that like, awful Mad Cat's know, it, one. It was just like a. I, it was terrible. Oh. And the joystick like laid to the right. Yeah. And, Try to get it to the Original Joy-Con draft. Yeah. Why is it on the right, first of all? Like, you move with your left thumb. Why is the stick on the right? Mm-hmm. Oh. So I would agree with everything except my absolute favorite controller is the is the Mad Cat's Mini Wavebird <laughs> controller. Oh, I don't know if y'all Wave- for the yeah. GameCube. Mm. So it was the it was the wireless, but it was like tiny. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I just really love, even though I have like huge hands, I really love <laughs> that controller. Um, and I, I didn't like that it was by Mad Cats, but it, I mean, like I, I bought every time it died because it obviously died all the time. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. immediately yeah, go yeah, out and buy another one. one good controller. That's probably it. So yeah, the uh, I think the only third party controllers I ever used uh, regularly were there uh logitech made these wireless controllers for the original xbox and i used that one pretty regularly it was just like this little dongle that hung off the console and you could plug your memory cards into it and uh Mm. then it had like a infrared sensor on it to to read the controller but every time you use more than two of them like the signals would cross and then everybody would be like (laughs) Oh, why am I all of a sudden controlling that? It was just, if it was a bad multiplayer experience and it was just like, God, even then. <laughs> what, what is y'all's favorite controller like feature? I, so for instance, I really love the Dreamcast's memory card that you'd plug into the, the controller and, and it would like show and have the LCD screen or, or whatever the it VMU? was. The VMU? Show. You're talking about the yes, VMU. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, the Switch Pro controller is my all-time favorite controller. I, I absolutely love it. And, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's, everything about it feels great. You know, in terms of features that, you know, you're asking about that, it's not the Switch controller isn't the first one at all to have this. But I love being able to turn on my system by with a push of a button from the remote. That, mm-hmm. That's yes. my favorite thing. Yeah, it's those. definitely a game changer. Uh, yeah. Gosh, I remember when that happened with the Xbox 360, and I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went then then like sitting right next to it was the GameCube. And first of all, I bought I had two controller extended extenders. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they were I probably had like 15 feet of controller extenders hooked up to my controller, but I still had to get up and go turn on the console. I'm like, gosh, this is Yeah. Hmm. Man, you're I, lucky. I, you're lucky GameCube's so good. Uh, what about I you, Shane? Like that wave bird. Just yeah. Knowing that I could sit Two feet extra away from my TV. Yeah. Gosh. I'm a wave bird. What a great controller. Still had to put batteries in it, but man, just that freedom, you know. Awesome. I used to, I used to, uh, like if I was doing multiplayer game sessions with friends, they would like go to the restroom and I'd click their little dial over uh, one. Yeah, because they had the so different that channels. It wouldn't work anymore. Yeah. Gosh, the game, the the yeah, the wave bird, just a great controller. Fantastic controller. I think to this day, doesn't it still have the longest range of any wireless controller as well? Uh, I, I believe it does. Because it has it though, because of the the because little of the batteries, uh, I think. Well, it's I think it's because of the batteries. the channel thing, because it just oh, yeah. looks for channel the channel on the too. instead yeah. of. We all know the Wii U doesn't have great wireless. Range. <laughs> oh my <laughs> no. god! Oh yeah. Well, but the Wii U got us to the Switch, so it's that's you know. right. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> hey, just to uh, just to, to wrap up this particular story, uh, getting back to most influential indie games, uh, <laughs> other ones that we'd probably want to consider, I think, uh, among us, certainly, you know, just uh, you look at all the ways it's impacted. I mean, there was a story recently this week of Fortnite copying Among Us as gameplay and mm-hmm. you know, the developers being a little frustrated by that. But, you know, I mean, just culturally, that's been a force. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I Ori in the Blind Forest actually was within its 2016, I believe, was the release date. And certainly that has had a massive impact on uh, indie games. So uh, those are a couple that come to mind for me. I don't know if there's any others for you guys. I would I would say Shovel Knight for sure. Oh, yeah. Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight. Yeah. I mean, not that it's like not that it's doing anything revolutionary, but what it does, it does really well. And I feel like it really resonated with a lot of people. For sure, especially because he appears in like over 30 other games now. So, yeah, you know, the thing I'll say in wrapping this up with with both Hades and Among Us is at the particular time they came out with the pandemic and everything, um, it really went a long ways towards establishing indies as a viable option for folks who otherwise were skeptical of indies prior to that. Yeah. So, you know, I think I think that's something that is, you know, was an accomplishment. So anyway, moving on to our next story here. WarioWare Get It Together gets a surprise demo release. This is from uh, Patrick Nisley uh, from our at BossRush.net. Quote, a free demo of the upcoming WarioWare Get It Together has been released on the Nintendo eShop. Nintendo put out the demo on August 19th, 2021, stating it features a selection of micro games from the upcoming title. The Fold game is slated to release on September 10. This latest installment in the WarioWare series promises over 200 mini games, dubbed micro games, a story mode, and local multiplayer modes. It's available now to pre-order for $49.99 US dollars. 
Nintendo lists the official game description on the website as the following. Take on over 200 quick and quirky micro games, lightning fast mini games filled with frantic fun or solo with a friend. With his latest harebrained business scheme goes awry, Wario must use his signature style and smell to fix it. How? By playing a twisted collection of micro games, of course, from assembling a robot to pulling out a statue's armpit hair. The WarioWare Get It Together game is comedic cooperative micro game mashup. Uh, all right, panel. Nintendo seems to be offering more demos lately in the lead up to game releases. What do you make of this strategy? Does this show Nintendo is more pro-consumer than its reputation, and will you be playing this demo? Jacob, let's get you in on this first. What do you think of this demo uh, pattern that Nintendo has been doing lately? I think it's good. I, I think that they – so not only have they been doing just more demos, they've been doing a lot more demos that transfer over to the full game when it comes out, and that is nothing but good for the consumer. It gives them the opportunity to find out if they'd even be wanting to purchase the full game, and then it doesn't waste their time by having them go through a, the tutorial and, and – then have to go through it all over again and possibly even like I, I I know I have lost interest in a game that I bought because I had to do the three hour whatever. And I was like, man, I'm I'm not digging this anymore. And I thought I was. Um, so it's that's really cool. Um, and and I hope that they continue to do this. I hope that we get demos for pretty much every big title that they put out. I hope that. Um, and especially anything that uses their online, they like, mm -hmm. you know, Nintendo gets knocked a lot for having pretty terrible online and netcode. Um, uh, but that this is a good way for them to like test the waters with things and make sure that everything's running smoothly so that maybe it doesn't have as much of a problem as it, as it currently does. Yeah, you know, Corey, Microsoft, um, and I know that you're a big Xbox guy, has had a long history of doing betas. Uh, you know, Halo just just had a pretty successful one. You know, how does Nintendo stack up with that, with this sort of demo pattern that they've been doing here? And what, what are your thoughts on them being pro-consumer versus other big companies like Xbox? Um, I mean, I think, I think Nintendo do, does what, <laughs> I mean, Nintendo always does what they want, right? Like, I mean, it's just, <laughs> just, just how they've always been. But I think they're, I think they're coming around to realizing, maybe demos of at least lesser known or maybe games that they think might not be as popular, <laughs> to get a demo out there, a really polished demo, uh, because I think that's something that Nintendo does well that the other companies don't really do is like, this demo is polished, this demo is ready mm -hmm. to go, this demo is actually what you'll probably be looking at in the game, right? Uh, Monster Hunter Stories Two did that. I, I think WarioWare is probably going to be similar. So, I mean, I think I think that's great to show off, hey, maybe we don't have the best online service. Maybe we don't have the best, you know, the most powerful console. But look at our games. They're polished. Here's a demo. Try it out. You'll like it. Uh, and I think WarioWare is a good example. I think uh, I think Advance Wars is probably going to get one. And I think mm -hmm. that's going to sell that game a lot, too. And, you know... Sometimes people play demos and like I've been sold on games from a demo before, you know, maybe a game I wasn't totally interested in. And then I play the demo. I'm like, oh, wow, that's great. Let me let me buy that, you know. So, yeah, I you know, I would say as a parent as well that I really appreciate it. You know, recent example where Nintendo got my money as a result of doing a demo was Monster Hunter Stories 2. You know, my nine year old daughter really wanted to play it. 
I was like, I don't know, like if this is going to be too complicated for her. It's going to be one of those things where I buy it for her and then she just never plays it. And I got her that demo and she just played the heck out of it, like just so much. And and like you said, Jacob, the fact that the stuff transferred over then, um, you know, it made it so that she's always playing that game now. And, you know, not only did we buy this game, but she's now a fan of that franchise. And every time something Monster Hunter comes up, because this was their first introduction to the series, she's paying attention. So just thinking about from like a business perspective, Nintendo just created a fan who's going to continue to buy games because of this demo that would have absolutely not happened otherwise. Um, Shane, what about you? Anything to add to this? And will you be checking out WarioWare? Um, well, demos are, of course, a low-cost solution for any business who, who's going to put these out. And when you do a demo, you, you've got pretty much one shot. If if it's a bad demo, you're not going to attract <laughs> any customers. So the, Nintendo is very good at, at uh, putting the best of the best in, in, in everything that they do into demos and into the games in general. So, you know, in the back of any business's mind it is profit. So you do a good demo and you will get good, you know, funds on it. So, yeah, I think uh, they're going to do well with every demo that they do. And uh, I definitely will check out WarioWare. I, I love that series. So, mm. You know, last thought, just closing on this. It has been interesting. I was thinking about this question before the show, uh, you know, Nintendo's history with demos. And it is a lot easier now with everything being online. One of my all-time favorite demos is the Legend of Zelda, uh, you know, like anniversary demo disc that had the 20-minute demo of Wind Waker plus Ocarina of Time yeah. Majora's Mask and Zelda 1 and 2. Uh, you know, and it, you know, it used to be a pretty significant upfront cost to put out these demo discs. I think Metroid uh, Prime Hunters had a, a similar kind of demo. Um, and, you know, they're not having to, to invest in that way upfront now. So it's really just a win-win situation for them. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to our third story. This is from Thomas Whitehead out of NintendoLife.com. Saber Interactive set to boost Switch porting business with acquisitions. Quote, with every successful product, there are offshoots and sub-industries. And for the Nintendo Switch, one of this, these is specialist porting companies. With Nintendo's hardware infrastructure being entirely different to work with than the relatively same-ish PlayStation and Xbox platforms, major publishers have sought out talented porting teams to get their games on the system. Some names pop up regularly and have benefited hugely from this industry. Panic Button springs to mind. Another name that pops up regularly in these Switch ports is Saber Interactive, which makes its own games in addition to working on notable releases like Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition and Crisis Remastered. Saber Interactive is now a sizable organization, itself taken over by Embracer Group in 2020 which has been emphasized further with confirmation that it's acquiring three companies. The first is Demiurge Studios, which has primarily done work for hire on AAA titles. The other two acquisitions, however, suggest that Saber Interactive is aiming to strengthen its position further in the Switch porting space. First is Estonia-based Fracture Bytes, which notably worked on the Switch ports of Borderland Legendary Collection and Tony Hawk's Pro Skaters 1 and 2. Next is Smartphone Labs, based out of Russia. It's worked in mobile ports, but is named as working on the upcoming Switch version of World War Z. In this, Saber Interactive was already 
the name attached to the zombie action title. So this acquisition seems to be formalizing an existing relationship. Their notable moves and Saber Interactive is staying busy on Switch with Crisis Remastered Trilogy and Kingdom Come Deliverance among those titles on the way. Okay, so a little bit of setup with that story. Um, I want to ask the panel, why are ports doing so well on the Nintendo Switch? Do these acquisitions by Saber Interactive mean that we'll see other big-time ports coming to Switch? And do you have any predictions or particular titles on your wish list? Uh, Corey, we'll, we'll let you get started. Why is it the Switch uh, is doing so well with these ports when the Wii U was garbage for ports? Uh, what what has changed so much for Nintendo that it's now a destination? Uh, well, I think the Switch is just popular, so I think that I think people see the opportunity. It's I think it's a it's a similar but different reason why the Wii, like why you saw weird ports on the Wii, is because like that console was so popular, everybody just saw boatloads of money dropping out of that console uh and <clears throat> ring ring uh yeah sorry everybody my kid is just like just screaming he's got he's got his teeth coming in in the bottom and it's just so sorry uh i'll mute myself after i'm talking uh he uh or uh so like one of my favorite ports on the switch is the witcher 3 right it's it's definitely not as pretty as the xbox version or the pc version uh but I think a lot of people are seeing opportunities to double dip, specifically people who play on PC, because you can uh, cross save with most games, uh, which I think is a, a benefit to a lot of people. Uh, I know The Witcher does it. I know Civilization does it. I think XCOM does it. Uh, so I think a lot of people just see it as an opportunity to see their favorite games on the go with them. And I think I think that's more important to people now than ever. And I think that's why Valve is jumping in with the Steam Deck and is like, well, people have these super powerful PCs that they can play their games on. But what if they go on vacation and want to play games, right? Here's you can take your Steam library with you. And I think I think Nintendo has shown us that uh, uh, handheld gaming is still relevant. It's still important to people. And. You know, and and they're finally capturing what I think they have been wanting to do since the uh, uh, Super Game Boy. Really, is is like play your handheld games on your TV mm -hmm. and take them with you, and take console games with you. And uh, third parties are seeing opportunities, right? Bethesda supported Switch for for a lot of their games. You know, uh, uh, Darksiders Three is a pretty decent sized game coming to Switch. Uh, so, yeah, I I like to buy games on Switch with me because I don't get to play on my TV a whole lot. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, they're not the the best versions of the games, but they're still totally serviceable, so totally uh, playable game versions of the games. And uh, yeah, just uh, I think that's why. Oh, man, you got me thinking about Super Game Boy now. I love that. Uh, Shane, uh, what about you? You know, with this acquisition, do you do you have any suspicion that we're going to see more big time ports is there anything that would be on your wish list for ports to the switch uh, yeah there's definitely lots of, on my wish list um notably um dead space uh we're getting that new remake i hope they bring over the other three as a pack or something that we could play um i'm excited that kingdom come deliverance is coming over um that uh is actually the uh game that allowed me to go to E3 2016. So that was kind of nice. Um, and I 
it's not going to happen probably anymore. I really would like Fallout 3 and New Vegas to come over, but mm. with Microsoft acquiring them, I don't know if that's even a possibility or on the table right now. So, Yeah, that's an interesting idea. And, you know, there has been some friendliness between Xbox and Nintendo. Yeah. Um, but I, I almost wonder that if we, ha- we would have to see Game Pass on Switch for some Yeah, I, I could foresee them having an exclusive on Game Pass or something for like a year. And since it's an older title, the, you know, they could port it over, you know, after a year or something to the Switch or whatever Nintendo has at that time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, for me, I think some games that I would really like to see ported to Switch uh, are the Arkham series. Uh, you oh. know, I, I loved Arkham Asylum. I, I never got to play Arkham City. Uh, you know, I think what the third one is on Game Pass right now Um so is Arkham Knights, I think it's the... Yeah, and I, I think you could get it on PlayStation 5 as one of the 20 games for free or something like okay. that. So. so I just, I think those would be great for the Switch. I would love to see those ported over. I um, don't know that that'll happen. But I'm actually really yeah. surprised that they haven't been ported over, it, it, at least the first two. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, feel, I feel like those games, uh, Ed and I have been clamoring for at least the first Tomb Raider you know, like I like there's mm-hmm. there's some games that were oh, running yeah. on 360 that, yeah, they got Xbox One and PS4 upgrades, but they were running on less powerful hardware that you, I'm just shocked never made it over, you know? Yeah. And the last one for me, um, Ed would get a kick if he was here. This I, I would like to see uh, some Sega games like Aliens Colonial Marines uh, make it over to Switch. You know, they're they're the graphics are bad enough that it like feels like it would run just fine on the Switch. And I best version. I want more Alien games on Switch. <laughs> isn't Alien Isolation? Isn't that the like statistically the best version of the game? Is the Switch I, version? I love it on Switch. That I mean, I have it on Xbox as well, but I, I, I think it looks fantastic. Like honestly, it looks the graphics look too good to be on Switch. To be honest, I that game is what six, seven years old now, and the graphics still hold up today. I don't know how they did that game so well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's move on to our next story. I think we lost Jacob there. So uh, Jacob, I don't want to skip you, but I, I don't think you're here. We so hopefully he comes back to us. So. Um, our, our second to last story here, oops, actually our last story, um, Pokemon Presents recap. So we had a Pokemon Presents this last week. So this is from Ed at, at BossRushGames.net. Um, Wednesday, the presentation announced information on the following games. Pokemon Unite, Pokemon Cafe Remix, Pokemon Masters EX, Pokemon Go, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and Pokemon Legends Arceus. With this 30-minute presentation, the Pokemon company delivered a lot for new and old Pokemon fans. With Legends being the highlight of the show and having a better reveal, it seems the Pokemon franchise has a lot to offer. So, for consideration, were you excited by anything at the Pokemon Presents? What games stand out to you? Any disappointments? Uh, Jacob, you're back with us. Let me check in with you first. What did you think of that Pokemon Presents? Uh Sorry about that. My my power just like blacked out and then came back. Oh no! Um, it's funny because as soon as you joined the call, I got kicked from the call. I did as nice. well. Oh, I'm so sorry. Problems <laughs> all over the place. Problems. Yeah. Um, I think we lost it again. <laughs> Look at his oh, face. No. He looks so happy Screen though. Screenshot. <laughs> Screenshot right. that. Somebody oh. meme that. Oh, am I oh. back? Oh, oh. oh we're oh. back. Ooh. You're back. So what you, so you start, we, lo- we lost you at, right as you were about to tell us what you thought. Don't worry, we got a good okay. meme pick though. 
Good, I'm glad. <laughs> um, so I I never played Diamond and Pearl, so I'm very, very excited for the Diamond and Pearl remakes. Uh, learning more about that, having like them announcing all the the changing. I loved in X and Y when you could that you could like customize your character and change their outfit and stuff. So that would that coming back in like a small way was great. Um, I gotta be honest, not very excited for Arceus still. When it first got like shown, it looked terrible. Um, some of the Pokemon just looked like PNG files that they like overlaid to be kind of like a GIF. Um, <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> you can go back and watch that first reveal trailer. It looks specifically there's a Chimling or Chim Chim Chimchiling or whatever that looks really really bad. Um, and it looked better. It still doesn't quite look like it doesn't look like Breath of the Wild, but it looks like Breath of the Wild, if you know what I mean. Um, and I hate I, I'm apparently the only one on the Internet. Me and me and Rebellity are the only people on the Internet. But I hate the new Growlithe form where he's got like the. I agree, like the, the, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Growlithe is one of my we, favorite Pokemon, and the, they just like, what did they do to his he face? He so dumb. He so we were watching. We did a live reaction on my Twitch, me and my girlfriend, and she when he popped up, he was like, he looks like a member of the Gang Green Gang from Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> and I made you can go to my Twitter, like it's true. I made a side by side and even edited it so his skin color matched, and he looks like the big guy from Gang Green Gang. Um, JoJo. It, he's yeah exactly it just man i hate that the other ones are cool though the aviary and the stantler and yeah so those are like, cool but yeah, that Gallup is absolutely I didn't like the stantler terrible. evolution um but braviary yeah it was all right yeah. so shane go ahead and tell us more um so what are you looking forward to what stood out to you about that presentation then so I don't really get disappointed by announcements. I just get happy for the ones I like. And, um, you know, the announcements are sort of like uh, Pokemon. My favorite type is normal. So it's like it's just all normal for me. It's nothing standout. So, um, yeah, I, the Legend of Arceus is probably one I'm looking forward to just because I like to try different Pokemon experiences. Um, you know, there's a lot of good ones and there's a lot of really okay ones um but what i was disappointed in is that uh they still don't have a new pokemon trading card rpg game um mm. either remake or bring back the other one or give me a new one or add all the other uh cards so i can play something i don't know i i really enjoyed the one for the the game boy color and i'm surprised they have not done one since then besides the the online one for like iPad and all that, but okay. Uh, Corey, take us home on this one. Um, what stood out to you about the Pokemon Presents? Anything that you're looking forward to or disappointed by? Uh, well, the Growlithe form was definitely disappointing. Uh, <laughs> no, I I don't really have much to add. I think Legends Arceus is the first time I've been interested in Pokemon in a long time, and I just uh, I hope that they clean it up a little bit before January because I kind of agree with Jacob from that first reveal. It just kind of looked not great, but uh, I think a 3D Pokemon game is what people want. I don't think this is going to be the version they want, but I think it's the first step into what people want from a 3D Pokemon game. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, 
you know, I've been, I've been kind of on the the fringe of Pokemon Pokemon fandom. My daughter is really into it, and so that that's you know why I bought so many Pokemon games. But um, Legends is the first one that has me really interested. I am curious, you know, given that they're doing open world, given that it's so obviously mirroring Breath of the Wild, I I'm curious if you'll be able to climb on the landscape at all in terms of exploration, or you're going to be limited to these pathways, in which case it's just the illusion of sort of open world. Um, so that that's one thing that I'm curious about. I've already pre-ordered my copy of diamond and pearl. So I, I got the, like the double set. So whichever one my daughter doesn't want, I'll just take the other one. So that'll probably be my first real playthrough of a traditional Pokemon game. Um, I think I actually was less excited about it after this presents than I was before, but I'll still play it through. So I think that's where I'm sitting with that stuff. Um, all right. Well, that is the end of our family news segment. So thank you everybody. And Corey, we're going to send it back over to you. All right. Well, I'm going to try to get through this uh, as my kid is screaming like somebody's straight up murdering him. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's time for docked mode, everybody. Ed gave me this very nice readout here, so I'm going to read it. Should I read it like Ed or should I just, should I just do it my read own? It like read it. It seems that a lot of gamers have found new love in the Metroid universe. The same thing happened with the Legend of Zelda series and other Nintendo properties. So... Elite Block Agents, my question to you. How does it feel when you experience a series for the first time that's been established for years? Does it open the possibility to play other similar franchises in that genre? Uh, David, I think you've been the most uh, vocal and most uh, kind of out there with your newfound love for Metroid. I'm going to go your way first. How does, how does your newfound love of metroid uh changed the way you kind of feel about new franchise like experiencing mm -hmm. franchises for the first time i mean it it's definitely made me more curious about other metroidvanias i i've tried to get into them in the past and never could and and it was really you know metroid samus returns that that kind of opened me up to it but um i will also say just in terms of you know experiencing a franchise for the first time that's been around a while it's really exciting when it clicks for you and then you all of a sudden realize there's like 11 other games to play through like Absolutely. that. It made me feel like I had an embarrassment of riches or something because it was just like, <laughs> OK, I had so much fun with, you know, Samus Returns. And now there's all these other Metroid games to go back and play, you know, because I hate when when there's like a new game that comes out that you really love. And then it's like, well, six years from now, they might release another one, <laughs> you know, so. Um, yeah, I think I think that's really what I've taken out of it. Um, you know, I'm still limited on time that I get to play being a parent and working and everything else like that. So I don't know how much I'll try other kinds of games in the genre right now, but definitely going back and seeing what I miss. Yeah, I uh, I see Metroid is another kind of hole for me. I mean, I played Metroid Prime and I really love the original Metroid, but everything else, like all the 2D stuff is just a big hole in my gaming uh you know start playing library. you'll love it well but the thing is is like i love axiom verge which is metro mm. it's metroid axiom it verge is, is yeah. straight up metroid and like i i love that game and it's just like well man do i do i uh, man like because we were kind of talking about quality of life stuff before we started recording with you know samus returns and hopefully metroid dread and stuff and then you go back to like super metroid and there's some things that like 
it could clearly some quality of life stuff would really benefit a game like that. But uh, Jacob, what about you? Have you ever found a new genre of game to play that you just absolutely love? Yeah, so I actually also jumped into Metroid uh, for the first time, really, since like taking it seriously after the announcement of Metroid Dread. And I keep waiting. So I've played through all of the 2D Metroids, including Metroid Other M, uh, which is not as bad of a game as everyone thinks, but it does have a lot of problems. Um, But I keep waiting for like my hype of the metroid series to die down and i like i haven't even played i've got metroid the metroid prime trilogy set aside to play but i haven't started it because i'm like i keep thinking to myself oh man i might like metroid more than i like zelda and (laughs) everyone that i've told that to is like oh it's just hype it's just hype and but but i keep i'm not i'm not even playing metroid games right now and i just want to be playing (laughs) metroid games um but it's really, it's really, it's super cool. It's super cool when you can jump into a new uh, or a new to you series, and even better when you do so with one like Metroid, where there are so many games. Nothing feels worse than when you get really into a new game, new to you game, and then you find out that it was released ten years ago and there hasn't been a word since um, yeah. on the series. Um, it was kind. It's kind of funny. I, I almost i kind of feel bad for ed because i feel like he kind of let loose this question on me and david when he couldn't defend (laughs) anything about it because after the show last week we got into it a little bit about how like because maybe and i i don't want to speak for ed but i it i'm trying to like gather my thoughts it seems like it seems like there are some people out there not ed not Ed, but he was mentioning that some people feel like defensive when people get into their series that they love and they haven't been into it for the longest time. Um, and I can't, I just don't really understand that because it just seems, it just seems like you would want more people. Like there's then there's been this mass exodus of world of Warcraft players over to final fantasy 14 because of all the stuff going on with blizzard right now. And I just keep seeing nothing but love for that. And I would I would feel the exact same way if, if all of a sudden all of the all of the I don't know, the the Halo fans were just like, whoa, uh, Mario's great. Wow. I'd be like, yeah, look at all these <laughs> other Mario games you need to play. Come on, get in here. Where have you been? Glad, happy to have you. Um, but Metroid, Metroid in particular to this, it, it's cool because like. A lot of the games you can find really cheap. I picked up the entire Prime Trilogy, not the Trilogy Collection, but just like individual games for like 20 bucks total. So it's it's pretty easy to find a lot of them. And, you know, just more games to jump into means a better time. Cool. Uh, Shane, what about you? Have you ever experienced something recently or, or you know, found yes. a genre that you've been really... So... Um... I don't know when it was, maybe a year or two ago, we got um, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider for free on PlayStation Plus. I had only maybe seen a demo of Tomb Raider uh, a while, maybe six years ago, seven years ago. I just, you know, I never played it. Um, But I played Rise, and it just gave me the feeling of, like, Uncharted, and I love Uncharted. And I immediately after that one bought the first Tomb Raider for that trilogy. Um, played that. Uh, it was amazing. And then I had to go and um, I bought Shadow 
Um, but I think Shadow came out for free as well earlier this year. So I still have it in the plastic, and I played it on my PlayStation Plus. And, man, I I really appreciate those games. They're, they're so much fun. Um, and, you know, I, I have the, was it the fifth or is it Uncharted Legacy or whatever it is? Lost Legacy, the best Uncharted game. I have not played that one yet. I have it behind me. I haven't put it in. I'm waiting for the right time to play it. Uh, maybe when I get my PS5, I'll pop that in. Um, but the other series that I also uh, really enjoyed was, um, I think when Life is Strange 2 came out, I decided I was going to play Life is Strange, the original one. And... That's such an amazing game. Um, I immediately played Life is Strange Before the Storm, and I played the Captain Spirit free demo. Then I played Life is Strange 2, and now I'm waiting for True Colors. And that series really got me into the whole... um, I want to say, like, you know, it's a little Walking um, Simulator-like. So Firewatch was also, like, immediately I played that, and I'm like, yeah, this is... This is my kind of genre. Um, so basically any of those kind of games have just given me real joy lately, just playing walking simulators and, and you know, uncharted Tomb Raider type games uh, while we're waiting for Zelda. So Yeah, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider for me, we're... Ed and I are huge Tomb Raider defenders. We actually like that series more than Uncharted. I know that's very, uh, okay. a very, uh, you know not a popular stance but i i re- especially rise and shadow are just just top notch yeah. oh. action adventure games i i played the uh was it the dlc for the rise and it's the was it that witch you have to go back by the baba yaga baba yaga yeah and you know go through that whole it, it reminded me of doing the scarecrow levels on batman arkham uh it was so awesome um but I like I had a Uncharted the first one on my PS3, and I almost stopped playing the series because I didn't really care for Uncharted when it came out. So I could see why, you know, if you're comparing them, I I kind of like the Tomb Raider as well. So yeah, uh, though I did like Uncharted two a lot, and four was really well done. Um, so yeah, I Uncharted one is like. It's almost like it almost has like Assassin's Creed syndrome where like that first one kind of yes. laid the groundwork. It was like, okay, this is a cool concept. It's just not quite there yet. And then Uncharted 2 just really nailed that that genre and really just nailed that what how yeah. I mean, Uncharted 2 is like it's still probably my favorite Uncharted, although I think Lost Legacy proved that they could do Uncharted without Nathan Drake. We can have a whole conversation about that another day, but uh yeah, I I for me I, what what were you gonna say? Shane? I, I, was say I totally agree with the Assassin's Creed thing because mm-hmm. that first one I didn't want to play Assassin's Creed two because I did not like the first one at all. So two was amazing and Brotherhood was my favorite. That back. So Brother, Brotherhood is the best one. Altai Altair Ibn La Ahad is the best assassin in the entire Assassin's Creed series. Mm-hmm. I well, he killed me on it, so that's why I didn't like it. It's funny. I know people don't really like. Well, there, there's like a clear divide of like classic Assassin's Creed and like the new direction they're going with Origins and Odyssey and Valhalla. Uh, Which, I, I bought all the Assassin's Creed up to, 
I think syndicate. Mm-hmm. I haven't pl- I haven't finished three. I haven't opened four. I haven't opened Unity. Oh, I haven't opened man. Syndicate. Black you know, Flag. Black Flag is so good. Three, so. Black Flag is Black so Flag. good. Not to... I keep hearing that. Um, I got to try it. I wasn't a fan of the boat in three, so uh, I'll have to see how it is in four. So. Oh well, I mean, if you're not a fan of boats, you might as well just stop now because they're they're in Origins, they're in Odyssey, they're in Valhalla, they're in. I think they're yeah. in all of them. All uh, right, but. So, uh, I have, I have an interesting story about Assassin's Creed. Sorry, but I, I always have to tell it every time it's brought up. Uh, I, I was a really big Assassin's Creed fan. However, at the midnight launch of Assassin's Creed, I want to say Revelations, uh, I was working at GameStop at the time. I was one of the managers, and I was doing the midnight launch because I love the series. And we got robbed at gunpoint. And now I can't play Assassin's Creed anymore because anytime I start playing it, all I get are the feelings of like that entire situation. Oh, it's like geez. a PTSD thing, and I can't I can't enjoy the, the series anymore. Like at one at one point, I had a gun. The guy, the two people that were robbing us, had the gun pushed to my temple and to the back of my head while I was trying to open the safe for them. Wow, that's oh, yeah, that's so intense. that's my that's my story. Mm-hmm. I have a similar story that has nothing to do with video games, but it's a story for a different day. Uh, you know, well, no, I'm going to tell it now because it's short. All right. Uh, well, my roommate in college uh, found out that he was uh, selling drugs out of our dorm room, and he called me to come pick him up from somewhere, and I had no idea because I was a naive 19-year-old who just wanted to go to art class and, you know play sports and hang out with friends and you know that kind of stuff and you know play kingdom hearts while everybody was in the other room playing halo you know what i mean so i mean uh, that was that's where i was at so me and my friend went to go pick him up and uh yeah i've never seen a gun so big like it was like a i, I don't even know what it was but it was uh it was really scary and uh you just sit there with a gun, gun to your head it's just not it's it's terrifying so I feel your pain there, Jacob. So it is. It's freaky. Uh, but I did have a question relevant to the story, <laughs> uh, unless you wanted to go about what, what, like what. Uh, I can go after your story. We have time. Well, no, no, no. So my question was: Has there ever been any series that y'all have tried really, really hard to get into constantly, and you just never can? Like, not one that you're like, oh, well, I tried. It wasn't for me. But, like, every time it comes out, you buy it. You're like, this is going to be the one. And then you just fall flat. Hmm. Pokemon for me. I Like, I, I bought I – mean, and I'm probably buying the wrong ones. But, like, I bought Let's Go Pikachu, Pokemon Sword, um, – what other ones pokemon go which i know is just something but like every time i i I try to get into it it's just like mm, it's not it's not grabbing me Hmm. yeah my mine has always been the dragon age series i have Hmm. a love-hate relationship because i buy it and i'm it sounds like it would be right up my alice alley all fantasy and stuff but then as soon as i start playing it i get about five hours in and i'm just like nope there's another 60 bucks down the drain or, Origin was amazing. I got all the way to the end, and I wasn't leveled up enough to beat the boss, so I never beat it. <laughs> Pissed me off. But, uh, yeah, I, I the second one was terrible, and I tried the third one, and I didn't like it either. But um, one series that I don't like is, is Mass Effect. So Ooh, I tried 
Ouch. Multiple times. And oh. I, but I, to be fair, I, I didn't try the second one. I tried the first one and the third mm-hmm. one. And uh, I probably should try the second one, but I always wanted to play the first one and then transfer the data to the second one, and mm-hmm. it just never happened. So yeah, that first game. Well, I, I haven't I haven't tried it on the Legendary Edition yet. But that first original first game is really tough to go back to because uh, it's very RPG and not. It looks like a third person shooter, but is not a third person shooter. Yeah. It's just it's really tough. Uh, but for me, honestly, it was kind of like the open world action RPG kind of genre. Like it like just, Skyrim. The, yeah. Oh my gosh. Don't get me started on Skyrim. Mm. I dude. Same dude. It's uh, Skyrim I Skyrim and mass effect for me. Cause I, I get, I get so overwhelmed. I don't know. Uh, Breath of the wild is an open world RPG action game. No, it's not. It's, it literally not is. That's literally it's genre. No, it's <laughs> literally an action RPG. That is literally how it's called. Like, listen. I, uh, I, Skyrim, I, I played for, I've started, talk about a game that I've started probably five or six times that I've just never, I don't get it. I just, I just don't get it, which is hilarious because I know it's kind of just like, you know, uh, Zelda, but for you know people who enjoy blood and vampires and whatever else, <laughs> it, on paper it's like I I don't know what it is. I like The Witcher and I like Zelda. Skyrim should fit in that, you know. Oh look, it's like right in the middle. No, I just I played it. I've played the first hour of that game six times, and and I just I just can't get into it. Uh, yeah, but. I- same for Witcher 2 for me. I just I tried playing it, couldn't get into it. Yeah. I have Witcher 3 sitting behind me. I have not opened it, never the, played it. The, the thing about the Witcher, though, the Witcher 3, though, The Witcher 3 is just like a completely different game than The Witcher 2. Like, The Witcher okay. 2 is... You have to commit to The Witcher 2, and you just, you just got to understand what kind of game it is, and you just got to go. Uh, yeah. The Witcher it was 3. like a Dark Souls series for me, too. I just... Yeah, you know, I'll play him. I, I tried like Bloodborne. I actually like that a little better, but I just can't stand sitting there for hours and hours and mm-hmm. not being able to progress because I just suck at it. So that's it. I got to write that topic down because that's a good topic is like, why do people mm-hmm. think Dark Souls is hard? I mean, I, I understand, but like, I think it's a good topic of discussion <clears throat> because I think it's I think it's more about people. This generation of people who are playing games are very impatient and mm-hmm. Dark Souls is all about finding patterns and grinding to get stronger. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I, I really like Demon Souls. I, I played that for a while, and I, I never beat it, but I like that one. But when I played Dark Souls, I know it's kind of the same thing, but I just never could get, get into it. I, I want to try the new Demon Souls um, mm-hmm. remake, but... What's really interesting, you mentioned being patient. David could probably speak to this as well, and Shane. But, like, Ocarina of Time is so slow for combat. Every enemy, almost every enemy is, like, you just have to wait for them to give you an opening, and then you can hit them. And it's not it's never, like, two hits and they're dead. It's always, like, five or six. Yeah. I just I just played through that game again, and it was I was there were many times where I was like, "Come on, dude, like just go, let me get past this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I jump? I have one more series that I've tried really hard. I, I've 
gotten three different games and each one I've failed to get into. And I, it's Resident Evil. And I, I that was going to be my like, other one I, was Resident yeah, Evil. I love I love horror I love games. Resident I love survival horror. horror and I love shooters. And every time I've tried to get into them, Game Pass on Switch, I, I just hasn't grabbed me. So I, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep trying. At some point, I'll get Resident Evil 8. But I, I just which hmm. ones have you played, David? Uh, I five was on sale recently on the switch shop and that one was just hot garbage like it the yeah. aiming like it the aid like the sh- being a shooter essentially yeah. first like has not aged well at mm-hmm. all i hate uh, i hate that you're supposed to i could see that but when you yeah. play resident evil 6 five feels really good <laughs> <laughs> okay see that's not see, a good sales pitch see, yeah six is terrible see uh, i but four and seven uh are, i love that okay and seven is the biohazard one right yeah like that's the first, i have it first downloaded one. on game pass and yeah. i've only given it like 20 minutes so i need to go back to it but if it's scary by itself normal it but i put at e3 i played it in vr mode and that is oh terrible. my god okay. not play that again mm. in vr that's... um Resident Evil uh, Revelations One and Revelations Two are amazing. Yeah, so give those to try too. Yeah, uh, David, I'm a, I'm with you. Like Resident Evil is a series that I've always been like, the lore and just how ridiculous Resident Evil's lore is, and like the characters are cool. The lore is ridiculous. I I like the idea of Resident Evil. First of all, don't do spooky games. If they were just action games, I'd be all about it. Uh, but I I did I've I played through the remake on GameCube and I really liked it and that's the only Resident Evil game I've played longer than like an hour. Okay. And it like I like I really like that first game because I mean it's not really scary it's just like you know whatever mm-hmm. I mean it's scary but it's not like it's not like seven in VR you know what I mean it's just right. <laughs> uh, but like I I'm really fascinated by the lore and how everything still connects even though it's how how ridiculous it gets it always still just comes back around and connects somehow it's it's really fascinating um uh anybody else have anything else for for docked mode any any more uh genres i uh nope no more questions sorry ed none zero uh but that's gonna that's gonna do it for docked mode we're gonna get into hold on i gotta do it playing with power I did yeah. it. I did it. Power Rangers. I did it. That was great. Gosh, Power Rangers. <laughs> By the way, I've been listening to a Power Rangers podcast called uh, <laughs> called Armed and Rangerous, where they review the <laughs> oh, original no. run of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It is so That's entertaining. Right. It's so much fun. It's on Giant Bomb. It's so good. That's quite the name. I love that. I know. It's really good. It's a great name for a show. Uh, <laughs> but playing with power, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Shane, I'm going your way first, even though you just took a big sip, and that was probably the most inopportune time, so I'm giving you time to swallow right. your beverage. <laughs> um, so, on Switch, I've been playing uh, Spirit Fair. Um, I don't know if you guys played that at all. Um, really interesting. It's like a side-scroller, but uh, you're on a boat. You, the goal is basically you help people, or not people, animals, um, cross into the afterlife after you help them do their last deeds basically and uh it's interesting because you can go to all these different islands you mine for things you pick up different vegetables mushrooms all sorts of stuff 
and you help all these people. And then on the boat, you can expand your boat. Um, you can add uh, like um, front ends onto the boat that can break through the ice or break through the rocks so you can get farther on the map. Uh, there's farming uh, on your boat. You can get sheep to get wool, and then you can get a uh, uh, like a, a place where you can uh, make a, or it's a loom basically, and you can make wool into thread, and you can make cotton seeds into thread, and do all sorts of stuff, and just keep expanding. And then you you create the houses for the, your guests, and you customize the houses, and you feed your guests, and you cook for your guests, and it's just really interesting. You go fishing off your boat. Um, just really cool. You can even get barnacles on the side of your boat when you jump off of it and you can sell them and you can, uh, it's really cool. Um, sounds like a 2d animal crossing. It, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's a sim exploring cooking simulator. I, I don't know <laughs> how to, how to describe it, but it, it's, it's fun. And it, it it's been like, uh, there's lulls in it where I'm like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but it's really just fun just to sit there and, and go explore and try to figure out what you're doing. Then you get powers and you can, uh, like, jump high with your hat and fly and you can glide with your hat. And um, there's, like, zip lines you can go up with your hat and um, double jump. And, uh, just stuff you... Is it- is it multiplayer at all, or is it like like in the way that Animal Crossing you can interact with other people, or is it just single player? I think, I think it's just single player, and then you just interact with your other people that are on there. So, um, yeah, uh, I've been playing that, and um, two days ago we, um, my wife wanted to download Eco Park, and I don't know if you guys saw that. It's that that game is crazy. Yeah, it's really interesting. So one of the cool things about it is you can play up to eight players. But you do different levels, and you're tethered together. So, like, if one person jumps, and then the last person jumps, you can have someone, like, float underneath the bridge you're crossing and get a key to unlock a door. There's timed things to get all the coins, and then you have to get to the door. Um, There's, like, colored blocks. You can only push with the person that's the same color can push. Or you have to be on these pressure sensors that has a number on it. And, like, if it says three, all three of you have to be on it. Or all four of you have to be on it or whatever. But uh, my daughter's only four, and she's having a blast. Uh, Yeah, she'll pretty much commit suicide all the time. But we say, you know, you got to do this. And then eventually she'll she'll get it. But it's it's fun. Uh, So I'm I'm glad we picked that one up. Um, I've been playing... uh, we Happy Few on PlayStation 4. Um, you know, I was hoping it was a lot like Bioshock. And it, in some ways it is, but it's it getting to the point where I'm like, uh, should I keep playing it? Uh, I'll give it a little more go to it, but we'll, we'll see. And then uh, for my birthday, my brother bought me Death Store on Steam. And that's the one with the raven with the sword. It kind of reminds me of like a Zelda dungeon crawling type thing i've only played for about a half hour but so far i'm already addicted to it so i'll probably nice. play through that so perfect perfect switch game death's door but it's it's an xbox exclusive yeah, so, exactly. uh, so uh cool yeah uh by the way spirit fair is still on game pass i think too so if anybody wants okay. to try it out before you purchase it on switch because you should support the developer uh 
speaking of <laughs> demos, uh, Game Pass is a great place for demos. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, like I try games out on Game Pass, and then if I like it, I usually just buy it on Switch because, well, I think that's usually how double yeah. dipping works at this point for me. Uh, David, you are uh, playing some Metroid. You slayed a Metroid yeah. today, I think. I saw on Twitter. You, you're just so excited. I did. I, was... I beat the Queen Metroid, which was just an amazing battle. Um, you yeah. know, the thing, I, it, it, there's so many similarities between the Zelda and Metroid uh, franchises, you know, not necessarily in the, in the gameplay, but just the kinds of things that each series values. They both value exploration using items in a way and very intricate boss battles that you have to like figure out tricks. I'm at the point now where I think Metroid has better boss battles than Zelda. And I, I'm a lifelong Zelda obsessed, you know, I mean, I work for Zelda dungeon, right? Like I I love Zelda. Um, But the thing I like about Metroid is that you feel so accomplished when you beat a boss in Metroid, because you learn through the school of hard knocks. Like you have to die 20, 30 times sometimes. And then you finally get all their patterns down and it. Like it's just awesome. So I, I I'm loving that. And the, the queen Metroid battle today was fantastic. So I've been playing, you know, Metroid Samus returns and, um, other games that I've been playing right now, I, I the game that I play with my kids all the time is Fortnite, and that season's about to end and a new one's coming here in, in September. I'm, I'm not happy about how they, they did the uh, devs of Among Us wrong, but um, so did I you get your Ariana Grande that. and Will Smith skins? I, I I did not, but I wish I got a Will Smith skin because I, I if I had one celebrity crush all my life, it would be Will Smith. I, I lo- anything Will Smith is in, I will see. I love Will Smith, but no, I did not get his skin. I have a really, I have a I have a I have an issue. So wasn't this season in Fortnite all about like an alien invasion? It was. Why didn't they use the men in black skin? So it was rumored that 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 was going to happen. And I actually wonder if if the season finale is going to have men in black. Um, So so we'll see. There's just too many coincidences, like you're saying, with Will Smith, with Elliot. Like, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, It's it's like a match made in heaven. Um, They probably did do it. And they used the little flash pen and and we forgot. Yeah, right. It's just gone. That was a great emoji. (laughs) That was great. They usually do two skins per character, though, right? Like, uh, yeah, usually. So maybe that's the second skin, right? Because like the first one's what the bad boys skin, I think, is the first one. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, man, that emote would be great. The little flashy thing. Um, So the the last games that I've been playing, though, um, and it's coming to switch soon is Plague Tale Innocence um, on Xbox Game Pass. And of course, the original and the sequel are coming to switch here soon. And I cannot say enough about how incredible that game is. I, it has absolutely sucked me in and I, I love like sort of historical dramas anyway. And so to feel like I'm in, you know, the inquisition and, you know, the plague sweeping Europe, like that game is fascinating and the, and the rats are haunting. So <laughs> I, I think I, so I downloaded it for the PS5 on my app because, you know, if you, you can mm-hmm. download the games that are free for PlayStation Plus from your app. So when I get my PS5, I can then actually download the game. So have you I'll played it before, play. Shane? I have not. So that's why oh, I'm waiting to play it. I, there, I'm, so. You got to tell me when you when you play it. It's okay. like it's unbelievable. OK. Jacob. 
Yeah, I just like I said earlier, I just finished another playthrough of Ocarina of Time on stream. Um, I'm playing through and I'm pretty much done with Link's Awakening again because I, I replay that once or twice every year. Um, I jeez, oh, what else? I've, I've kind of fallen off a little bit of Pokemon Unite, but that's mostly because I just don't have time to play it every single day. I want to play some other games. Um been playing a lot of Minecraft again still. Uh, again, don't know if y'all have heard about that game, but it's it's pretty dang good. <laughs> I hear it's, it's okay. Good. I suggest you check it out. Yeah, It's, it's popular yeah. with them kids, they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot you can do in that game. Um, and then I've, I've started getting back into shiny hunting on Pokemon, so I've been kind of in my free time doing Max Raid or Adventure Dens or whatever they're called, shiny hunting the legendaries, and I've had no luck in that. Um <laughs> Still looking for an RPG though. I know, uh, I know, uh, it, it was either Ed or David that suggested Secret of Mana. Um, Ed did, yeah. Ed did. Okay, yeah. But I, I don't, I don't have that one. I was kind of hoping because I have a bunch of RPGs that I just haven't ever even started. So I was hoping to not spend money. But still, if you're, if you've got an RPG recommendation, at Galatron on Twitter. <laughs> have you, you played through Xenoblade yet? I I haven't. I've got the 3DS version. I don't have the Switch version, so I might I might try that. Did you play on anything else uh, besides Switch and 3DS? Not really. I mostly okay. play Nintendo. I do I have a PC, thinking. so if it's something that's cheap on oh, PC, okay. I can pick it up. But all right, because I, I love Tales of Symphonia. Yes, uh, and you know I, I picked it up on Steam for cheap, even though I have it for the GameCube, and mm. such a good game. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I but love the, Tales. the Steam version is in HD. Yes. There's that new Tales of Arise game. Oh so no! Th- came out. That demo is out, oh, dude. I can't wait for that. Can't wait. I'm pulling an Ed though. I'm not downloading the demo. I'm gonna go in fresh. No, pulling an Ed would be downloading the demo, but then not playing. No, it. that's fair. He would. You would download the demo, buy it for Switch, buy it for PS4. <laughs> or, there you go. <laughs> Poor yeah, Ed. He's he's never gonna miss a show again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's what he gets for not being here yeah. I'm going to rag on him we're going to give him a hard time uh, I haven't actually been playing much on Switch I've played a little bit more Mario Golf just in bed but I've been so busy doing other things and my daughter's starting preschool soon and we had to deal with that flood last week which was bad and like it's just haven't really gotten a lot of time to play uh things i did however last week took a little bit of time i played uh i played destiny a lot uh just because i'm trying to get ready for the new season and everything and and prep it because this the next couple weeks for tower casuals is going to be just busy yeah i I don't know another word for it it's just going to be busy uh with the big reveal tomorrow and and the new season and a lot of stuff got leaked which we're sifting through all the leaks like uh you know we don't know who it was like a disgruntled employer or whatever but kind of kind of leaked to the next like two to three years of destiny content so we're kind of sifting through that uh there's also a rumored uh as of right now a rumor that there's going to be a 16th season because this long story short seasons usually last about two and a half to three months This one's going to be about seven because they delayed the Witch Queen. So in the middle of that, they're dropping a mini season that's going to be a celebration of Bungie's history. So there's going to be uh, 
marathon and halo crossover with new armor and the rumor is the exotic weapon is going to be the halo one pistol uh so like there's all kinds of rumors floating around that uh not sure yet don't want to get anybody too excited but uh seems like that's happening uh so i played that i also played split gate for the first time last week which is the uh they're billing it as halo meets portal oh i've seen this so uh it's fine i would rather rather play halo i'm not i'm not real great at it i'm not real great at using the portals uh but it's it's fun i played it with some friends but it was just like it, it felt like a game we were playing because we were playing it together instead of like oh i'm gonna go play split gate this weekend as soon as we hop off the podcast i'm gonna go play no it's not i'd rather just play halo or destiny or zelda or something else uh so that's kind of it for me um but mostly it's been uh kid stuff and dealing with the flood stuff last week although my wife dealt with most of it because she was home and uh what a trooper got it I don't know. I don't know how my wife does it. I think there's like four of her and she just I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, David, you know, your parent kids are uh, <laughs> I I'm home from work for like two hours before they go to bed. And I, sometimes I just want to pull my hair out. She's here all day with them because she works from home. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, I don't understand how you do any of this. Um, but that's going to do it with playing with power. And that's going to do it for. Nintendo Power Block this week. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. You should check out BossRush.net for all of our content, our BossRush banters, our podcasts, our other uh, editorials and, and news and stuff going up. Shane, thank you for joining us for, uh, yes, no for this episode. Thank Happy birthday. This was this was your thank birthday you. gift from Nintendo Power Block. Was a, <laughs> oh, thank you. We, we kicked Ed out and brought you on. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Um, you can find me at another Zelda podcast, uh, writing articles there and uh, podcasting. Um, you can find my articles on Wash Rush Network now. Um, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at StillSaneShane. Nice. Uh, well, thanks again for joining us. We really enjoyed having you. You're welcome anytime, well, obviously. Uh, David, where can we find you? You can find me on bossrush.net, and uh, if I could just plug an article, I, this weekend I wrote an editorial on why Metroid deserves to be considered one of Nintendo's great franchises, so check that out. I also write for zeldadungeon.net, and you can find me at David Lasby on Twitter. Jacob. You can find me everywhere on the internet at Galatrad, G-A-L-U-T-R-A-D. Nice. We got a, by the way, Jacob, just to give you a compliment it's not from me but i mean it is from me but it's it's not from me we've got some feedback and saying that you have a really good powerful voice yes Thank you. i listen if anyone is out there that is doing needs any sort of voice acting work at all i will do it for free because i just want to create a pro- portfolio and i'm actually I, that's something that i've been working on a little bit is writing down lines to record for myself so that i can just start tossing it out at people like in game development and stuff um, just to be like here and then they'll never respond but at least i tried uh, that's, true. that's something i've always wanted to do so if i ever make a game i'll let you know yeah man I'm <laughs> I, I, 
that yeah. that deal's only good for like two years until I get until I get famous for voice acting. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Who's the guy who did Nathan Drake? What's his name? Uh oh my gosh, I'm blanking because he does Super like famous for he, voice acting. Nolan North. He does no, every Nolan North. He, he yeah. does like every character That's in Nolan Destiny North. now too because so you can only give me for free until I reach that point. Then I gotta start charging. <laughs> gosh, how do we get in that? early? Uh, you can find me at I am Corey HD on Twitter. You can find me on BossRush.net. You can find me on Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast, and right here on Nintendo Power Block. I want to thank everybody so much for watching and or listening. Remember, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice review and five stars. We will see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Gannon. Bye, everybody. Bye.